I'm Megan Asha, the CEO of FounderMade. What I love about beauty is the innovation behind the brand. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Getting a brand notice can always be a challenge. And that's why we're excited to be buzzing today with FounderMade and how they can help brands come to market and get noticed. My name is Denise Dente, and I am here as the co-host of Beauty Is Your Business. And I'm thrilled to be here with Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi, Denise. And of course, my co-host, Jessica. Hi, Jess. Hey, Denise, what a great fall day to have this amazing conversation about beauty founders and ultimately entrepreneurs and how we keep them connected and engaged in this industry. When we went to Los Angeles recently, we had the opportunity to meet Megan. And I know, Jessica, you and I talked all the way back home about what a great event it was and how excited we were. And we got Megan on the phone and said, boy, we just have to have you on the show. We think what you do and how you do it is so great for beauty founders. So Megan, just thank you so much for what you're doing for the industry. And we'd like to get right into tell us a little about FounderMade and how you started it, who it serves. Amazing. So FounderMade is a trade show and media company that helps discover best in class consumer brands in beauty, food, and wellness. You know, and we've connected, oh my God, hundred thousands of brands to retailers, media, investors, people have gotten, you know, purchased and we've seen brands exhibit at our show that couldn't afford a booth in less than five years, scale to nine figure businesses and sell for umpteenth amount of money. So it's been really beautiful because, you know, I started this really just from the entrepreneur journey. My father's an entrepreneur. I watched him, you know, win and lose and and win again in business. And for me, I love the stories behind the journey because it's you don't make something from dust without really persevering. And I think that really those stories and that heart that you have as an entrepreneur, you need the support system of other entrepreneurs telling their stories, showing people the ropes and really mentoring and It's really inspiring when you see people win and it's really inspiring to see and to hear what people have gone through because you really don't know the story behind the brands. And so that's also part of our mission is really to make sure that we get those stories out there, help inspire everybody. So we saw you at one of your live events in person. So walk us through, you've got, you know, these different brands that you've curated that you found. And so how does that work? Is it only through live events or do you also do other programs that beauty founders can be a part of? Great question. So we had a trade show, a live trade show, 2019, growing really fast. And then 2020 happened. And when so many of our constituents kind of either paused, meaning a lot of the trade shows couldn't do their trade show, you know, we were a small and nimble company. And we said, wait, there's still founders that need to be and brands that need to be discovered. We pivoted the business and we basically did online trade shows and really education platforms. And so in tandem with our shows, we have a online founder you program that we do for D2C brands. We have a beauty school that we do. We host these things quarterly and it's really to just be as efficient as possible with our knowledge base 
and get the best leaders. So we've had everyone from the CEO of Supergoop speak, Bobby Brown speak, I mean, you name it, really telling their story and giving as much insight into how you can tactically build and grow online and grow your business. I know what we loved when we attended was the feeling that it was real founders, that these were people, when we would walk up to the booth, these were the people that actually had started the brands. You could hear the story and the journey directly from them. So it seems like the audience that you have displaying at the trade shows and so forth are the founders. Maybe you can talk a little about who actually attends and why they come to your your event. Yeah, so our differentiator between going to big, massive trade shows is we make sure that an executive and a founder have to be attending. If they want to exhibit at our show, it's highly curated and there needs to be either, you know, C-level executive from the business or the founder. And then that helps because then there's really business to be done and there's just a ton of partnerships just happening even amongst the brands. In terms of the audience, we have everyone from retailers media, investors, M&A partners, influencers. And we had Patrick Schwarzenegger speak at our last show who launched his new brand, Mosh. So it's, it's been really great to have those celebrity founders, but then also all of these, you know, just business leaders who build businesses and, you know, built and sold businesses and want to do it again or want to mentor other brands. It's a beautiful community. So Founder Made, it's been around you, I think about seven or eight years right now. Congratulations, because that's in itself an accomplishment. So, I mean, you've seen a lot then as far as beauty founders and these indie brands coming. Do you have any kind of, I'm going to call it a list or a, okay, if they hit these three things, they're going to make it. Do you have any insights of, you know, just being able to have exposure to all the different founders you've seen? How would you say, you know, this brand's going to make it or this founder's going to make it? I love that. That's a great question. We actually defined that. So we have three different um, tranches of what is a founder-made brand. One is segment defining. So that means the examples would be Schmidt's deodorant, right? Who knew that Schmidt's deodorant was going to take over the deodorant category? You know, you have a brand, but you know that there's a new segment in the market that's actually going to be there and growing. So that's huge. The other one is it has to be of a certain amount of traction. So we usually, you know, our best, and again, we love, we have a discovery zone, so we love launching new brands, but we do think that, you know, in order for us to have the retail distribution and make sure that we can connect the brands, they have to be high traction. So 2 million in revenue and above is usually our sweet spot of brands because then we can service them. And if you meet Sephora or if you meet Blue Mercury or whoever at our shows, you know, you need to be able to activate, you know, a thousand doors or CBS who comes to our shows, you just really need to make sure the buyer and the seller can meet and amplify that connection and service them. And so, and then the third is mission driven. I think that the way that you stay in a business for as long as you stay in a business, it's beyond money. It's beyond anything. It's really a mission bigger than yourself. And so for us, we really like to find these brands that just have these missions. And there's just incredible beauty founders. I'm sure you guys met that, like these stories that you have of people who they had a medical issue with their skin or they went through cancer and created a brand because they needed to solve something because they went through such a hard time. I think that to me is like, I don't know, you, know, you can say universe, whatever higher power you believe in, that is something that's 
so motivating that you'll go through walls to to do it, right? I mean, as much as people want to say, oh, money is a good check mark of what winning looks like. It's at the end of the day, if you have a mission bigger than yourself, you're past the money, you're past everything else. You're just doing it because this is what you were given to do as a mission. So I think that's really powerful. And I think that really shows, you know, a lot. And you can feel that when you talk to a founder and you find out about the brand story. It's interesting because there's so many brands on the shelves and you don't really get to see and know why people do. You know, you go to the supermarket and you have no idea why these different brands even exist or what motivates them. So making sure that we get those brand stories out there is really important. We meet founders all the time. That's one of the first things that we always ask them. And it's usually Jessica that jumps in and says, you know, tell us about your story. Tell us about your journey. And you can really feel the difference when they draw you in and they hook you with what their passion really is or why they develop their brand. So I think we share that same thought and feeling with you. Yeah, I actually came from a background of my first company was an entrepreneurial beauty company. And the owners at the time were saying, if you chase money, you're never going to get it. And I just, one of those things that stuck with me, and I agree with your sentiments as well, if there's a bigger purpose or a mission, suddenly the money comes, it definitely comes. But if you chase just the money, it's really interesting. And I think one of the reasons I know I love this space, Denise and I talk about it all the time, is the fact that there are an amazing array of stories and passions and actual whys that are bigger than just selling more product. So I think you mentioned this idea of the discovery zone, and then you also mentioned something about this $2 million threshold. And we know there's brands out there trying to get discovered that haven't made that threshold of $2 million. Does that mean they can go into your discovery zone? Do you let some people in that aren't at that threshold yet, but have a great story or great idea? Can you tell us about that? Most definitely we do. And we have a special area for them and a special Because at the end of the day, if we're not discovering those new brands that are going to, and you never know, you genuinely never know. I mean, we worked with Hero Cosmetics when they first started and they literally nine figure business sell their product every three seconds off of TikTok, right? So you never know. And for us, we want to be the home for the discovery, but then also showcasing the innovation that happens you know, later on. So from launch to acquisition or to just building a massive business that you love and, you know, you never sell. I always also think you should never start off a business and think about selling. You should think about making a good business that's profitable with a good business model with a great team that feels motivated and a mission that's bigger than yourself, right? So walk us through then, are most of your founders and brands coming to you directly or are you still actively going out and finding kind of that one that fits your three defined areas. Is there a lot of, of you're still kind of searching yourself or is it a combination? When I first started, because we had never done a show, I was juggling two jobs and I didn't even know anything about trade shows. I didn't know anything. I literally go to like the beauty stores, the natural food markets. I take photos, I email every brand. I mean, it was a very different thing. And that was seven years ago. Um, Now we are very fortunate that we have so many inbounds and so many people that work with us year over year. You have to be part of looking and and being on the forefront of, of what's new. So we definitely still are looking like if we see an article or we see, you know, something on Instagram or it's important. It's important that we have brand curators that are literally, you know, looking as well. But we also have a good base of just great, you know, repeat customers that we're really grateful to be working with. 
you kind of glossed over some of the big buyers that you were mentioning that comes to your events, which is really impressive. You mentioned CVS and Blue Mercury and some others. And I know many brands would love to get in front of those buyers. So curious, when you talk with those buyers and getting them on the floor to your locations, what do you think they are looking for? Because they have brands that come to them every single day. They are inundated with brands, yet they still come to an actual trade show and walk the floor. So what do you think that your show offers to them that they may not be getting when people send samples or try to email them or call them on the phone? I think during pandemic, I think people said, oh, trade shows are dead. There's nothing about, you know, you can do buyer-seller relationships virtually. And again, we run, you know, virtual one-on-one programs. We're happy to do that stuff. But there is something about in-person. There's something about being able to taste, see, touch a product and be able to really understand from the founder or from the executive's mouth why this is special, why this is innovative. We had after you would detox market email me, the founder of detox marketing is like, I loved, I found so many brands at your show and it just makes me so happy because that's our whole job. That's all we want to do is be able to drive business and drive sales and drive, you know, ROI for our brands in an efficient way, but also make it fun in a one day summit where, you know, it feels like a party. It feels like a party where deals get done. That's always been my dream to provide. So it's been great to see, you know, deals getting done year over year. I love that tagline, getting deals done. (laughs) That's great. That is great. One of the aspects in this last October show we saw that I was really interesting were the live talks. And I thought that was, I know there's always education at trade shows, but what was interesting with this one was the topics I felt were really on point for Denise and I were talking about clients we have, and gosh, we wish they were in the audience listening to this one talk. So love to understand a little bit about the live talks that you do and the way you go about selecting the content for it and the way you even find your speakers. Because like you said, you've had amazing speakers come in and the fact that you get to come to the show, meet great brands, but also hear some really good nuggets of information in these little sessions. Love to hear a little bit more about that process for the show. Yeah. So our speaker, we have an incredible content director. She was uh, one of the producers at Good Morning America back in the day. Also, if you ever want to hear an incredible, like one of the most beautiful voices, because she's also a pop singer, Julia Price, look her up on Spotify. She's phenomenal. She's a beautiful, beautiful performer and producer, show producer. We worked really hard on making sure that our content is relevant and that it's on point for what right now, like what, what is happening in the industry currently. It makes a big difference because really at the end of the day, you want to see stuff that you're going to actually take back to your business. It's fine and good to have marketing conversations and stuff like that, but we really try to make sure that it's really very education-centric, where people are learning about the new innovations, learning about how to scale their business. Also, the brands that we're working with or that are speaking, they're also driving so much of the current information as well, and they're just doing such great things in the industry. It's, It's hard not to highlight them. The other thing that we saw, kind of the third part of it, was these one-on-one meetings. And admittingly, you know, when the door was open, we were poking our head in, trying to see who was in there, and we saw people going in and out. So you also have the ability for brands to book one-on-one meetings. Is that something that you do at every event or some events, or how does that work? Again, it's a special program that we have. We actually did um, one-on-one meetings with Estee Lauder and their innovation team or incubation team at our last show. We held a competition 
And they basically picked the top 30 brands that they underwrote tickets and had them do one-on-one meetings. And so they were able to meet with Estee Lauder, talk to them, you know, get FaceTime. And these were, you know, I mean, we just had dinner with the Estee team this week and it was a smash hit. They loved meeting all of our brands. It's all the brands. All we want to do is highlight the best brands in the industry and, and bring them to the right contacts and really make magic that way. So did people have to submit their name and information about their brand or how did they get pre-qualified to become part of that program? Yeah, it's almost like a pitch competition. So we did that where they submit. We do that every year. We do that for our Founder U programs as well, where there's some funding associated with being a part of our online education courses. So it's a real, you know, for us, it's not just at the shows. It's also post, you know, during the year. It's a a whole annual program that we run with brands and sponsors, really just making sure that we're keeping the education going 365 days a year versus two days or four days a year. No, that's such a good point that we talk about this with events and Denise and I love events. And that's why we are excited when there's, they're back and they're live again and you can go and meet people face to face. Cause there is, I'm sorry, there's always going to be that ability to do stronger, better connections in person. But with events, what makes them really challenging is the pre and the post. The during, it's hard. We all know it's a lot of work, but the pre and building up and what are you making sure to maximize so that the days of are great? And then what are you doing after? So if a brand, as a brand kind of comes into FounderMade and they now get to be part of the show, what does some of that look like? There's what is some of that pre, are they part of email campaigns? Are they encouraged to get more people there? How does that work in order to get the most out of that show for them? Great question. I mean, exhibitor success is so important. And so we have a whole program that we run. We do virtual, like basically a virtual how to be set up for success pre-show. We also intake all of their lead lists. So if you have a hit list of, if you're a brand and you have, hey, I want to meet with Blue Mercury, blah, blah, blah. These are, I say, the best thing for you to do is send us your target list so we can go. That's We have a whole audience development team dedicated, retailer team dedicated. We need to know what winning looks like. So send us your retailer list, your media list, your investor list. There's no wrong answer. We just want to build a community. We invite them on, on their behalf. So we really just make sure that they're set up for success you know, through these online, you know, seminars, pre-show, it's really, really important because there is, it's not just, Hey, I arrive, I show up at my booth and hope that I get some business. And even with the retailers, I mean, my advice, and this is what retailers always say to us, it's the best brands are super proactive about how they're marketing. They can't just be on a shelf at Sephora and expect that they're just going to sell out. It's not like that. It doesn't work like that. You think if you get Sephora, you're going to win the game. That is not even close to, it's just the start of the race. Sorry to say that. It's just start of one marathon, right? You got in the blocks, right? You really, really have to be set up for success um, on all of your channels. And and that means that you really are still pushing it out. I mean, I invested in an incredible company, Ceremonia, who Baba Rivera, who's like incredible, you know, influencer founder, it's a Latin X hair care company. When I look at her investor updates and she just launched, she's the first Latin hair care brand that's on Sephora. And what does she ask all of her investors? Hey guys, I need you to push this out. I need you to, I mean, I want people to not, you've built something beautiful in the world and you need to get it out there. And even to this day, even after seven years of running my business, I am more than willing to text, to call, to do anything so that, you know, to make 
to market my business to the right people so that I can win for my customers. You know, it's human condition to think, okay, if I hit this one mountaintop, then everything will happen. And you, it's really a combination of step-by-step -step perseverance. Then you get pushed down the mountain a little bit more, and then you have to come back up. And the best entrepreneurs know that and are humbled by it and don't take themselves too seriously and don't take where they're at on the mountain too seriously. They just kind of say, okay, next, let's keep going. You know, my advice is, you might get, get into Sephora, but you just know that there's a work ahead. There's work ahead always and just keep working and growing. It's such a grind. And I think you point that out. I know we talked to founders about the fact that launching a brand and making it available is just the start of it. It's how are you going to go from making it available to selling it in, selling it through and having that full 360 plan. And so many people are challenged by that. They come to an event, they meet a key buyer, and they get that opening order and are so excited by it. But what are the next 10 steps that need to be done? So I think some of those speakers that you talk about and sharing best practices so people can meet the right people and then have the plan for follow-up. So really commend you for providing that advice. It's good advice. Yeah. And it's just so nice to hear. We see it too, that people need to know what the next step is and to have that option within your program of here, attend this virtual webinar. So you know how to be successful at the show. Here's how you're going to be successful post show. Here's what you want to do setup wise. I mean, just being able to walk people through that process, because we always, you know, we say you don't know what you don't know, but it's so nice to not have to learn it all yourself from the beginning and make all those mistakes. It's nice to be able to have somebody come along and say, let me guide you, which I look at Founder Bay and it looks to me like a guide brand. It's here to guide people through their own journeys and adventures to get them where they want to go. I really think that it's, especially in this industry and with the type of people that are drawn here, it's such a crucial part to staying connected and then being successful. Thank you. So on that note, I'd love to know too, where do you see you've been through this bumpy path that we've all been over the last few years? Where do you see the future for Founder Made? Like what's some of your North Star? What is your kind of pinnacle of the next peak? Of course, there'll be more peaks after, but where do you see the future for Founder Made and where do you want to get to? I mean, I've always gone to the Consumer Electronics Show. That was, it was funny because years back when I was in tech, I had a job at a hedge fund and I quit the job at the hedge fund just, just to go to CES. And I never, you never know, you look back and I now have like a, a funny photo. It's on my, on my Instagram of me hugging the ball at CES. And this was like, I was, you know, in my early twenties hugging this ball. And I was like, I didn't really realize at the time I was so inspired by that show and so, you know, I want to build the platform that discovers the most innovative brands in the world. And that's, you know, really that's our North Star, discovers and built and helps them, you know, really innovate. By innovate, we mean connecting them to scaling sales, scaling their marketing. We have some, and I think that's, you know, it's, it's really brilliant. You know, in the midst of COVID, we really thought about what entrepreneurs and what beauty founders needed to help scale their business. And we really worked on creating that online platform and working with an incredible group of resources like ClearCo that does the funding and Klarna and Shopify and all the marketing agencies and you know, bringing those resources and really debunking them and really curating them for our community is something that I'm super excited about in years to come as well. 
I think that that was what was so fun for us when we walked around the show, besides having the live conversations happening and so forth, you can pop in there, but then also just walking the floor. When you walked from booth to booth, it was something completely different. You could go to a home fragrance brand, and then you could go to some type of tech company. Or food. Or food, yeah. Suckers. We were so laughing at all the different sucker options and we were like, this is really fun. (laughs) It really was. No, we really enjoyed engaging with each of the people. And you didn't get that fatigue of just one brand after another brand after another brand because everybody starts to look alike by the time you get to the fourth row. And that was what was fun about Founder Made is it seemed like every booth that we went to, there was something unique, different, and completely different from what I had just seen from three steps down from it. So I like how you curate it. The other thing that we really liked was the fact that the size of the booths, the booths themselves are actually very manageable. So you don't see these big, massive booths that are gigantic and that take up half a show floor. It looked like the booths were strategically designed for smaller, more intimate conversations How did you go about deciding like that piece of it? I wanted things to be as efficient and cost effective as possible. I thought about it from the founder's perspective and I know how trade shows, I know that I know the ways that, you know, as a trade show organizer, I know different ways that they make money off of the booths and all the things. And I wanted it to be as clear so that our list price was clear. It was an easy setup. If you just wanted to show up again, you could do a beautiful experience. We had amazing booths that had incredible experiences, but for those smaller brands, I wanted to be low lift because if I was a founder and I needed to come from travel from New York to LA, I know their time is money, right? And so to make it really efficient and really cost-effective was really important for us as a mission. And the barrier to entry, we will look at trade shows and unfortunately the barrier to entry is just so high between the costs, the travel, getting all your products there, everything that goes into it. So it is really nice to see that again, with the intention of who the customer is at the soul of this, which is the founder, how does this best serve them? Like Denise said, we were very impressed with the intention of how it was set up and laid out, how easy it was to get to. Those are just all those little details, you know, that really go into making a great event. And we really were very excited. And we're hoping too, with the, you know, with everyone kind of coming back online and being out in, in public and everything that that's where we're headed is these types of intimate or just really thought through well executed events. And so it was nice to see it was kind of our first 2022 jump back in it was good. Even the parking was easy, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> in Los Angeles. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Megan, it was such a pleasure to hear more from you directly and to really dive into FounderMade and what it's all about. If our listeners want to get in touch with you directly or to get in touch with FounderMade, how can they go about doing that? Wonderful. Um, You can actually email me, uh, Megan with an H, M-E-G-H-A-N at FounderMade.com. You could also send um, to our broader team info at FounderMade.com. And we have our 2023 shows up on the site. So, you know, you can definitely fill in an interest form on there. And our URL is FounderMade, F-O-U-N-D-E-R, Made.com. Well, thank you so much, Megan. We've loved having you on the show. And for our folks out there, our audience, if you'd like to keep buzzing with us, please head over to buzzbeauty.com. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. 
copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.